Hello and welcome back to the Soulet Career. I'm your host Marketa and I'm here today with an amazing coach and recently friend, new friend, Sarah Hege. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much, Marketa. I'm so happy to be here yet again. And we have felt like such a beautiful connection that we thought, oh my God, we got to do this again. Exactly. So funny enough, this was supposed to be already a recorded replay of our LinkedIn audio event. But unfortunately, some uh, tech issues arised and we had to... Uh, we uh, Yeah, we were not capable of actually getting the replay. So the topic was so juicy that we decided to just sit down again. And by the way, this is for the third time because the connection is so deep that we always ended up just chatting. <laughs> so this time we really hit record and we are doing this. Um, in the future, anyone, if you're listening, go ahead and uh, follow both of us on LinkedIn because we will definitely go live again. And there's the privilege that the listeners have that they can actually even directly ask questions. Absolutely. But so that you are actually, anyone who's listening, that we know who is Sarah Heggie. Sarah, please feel free to introduce yourself. Thank you so much. Okay, so I'm building my coaching business in Berlin. Uh, previously, I was a scientist. I have a PhD in molecular biosciences. I did so well in the PhD that I published like a first uh, author nature paper. That's like the best journal in the world. And uh, my research has gotten like a really big grant so that people in the lab could continue working on it. And inside of that experience, I've had so many breakdowns and breakthroughs that I got so committed, um, like after I finished my PhD, to discover my true purpose and to serve. And that is what led me to building the business and like, uh, yeah, thriving in it, basically. I love it. I love it. And there were a few reasons about like why we decided to talk about a topic that we will talk about today, which is about breaking out of generational patterns and traumas and to actually be able to strive in our life and career. Funny enough, even though Sarah and I have completely different backgrounds, there was just the emotion, the human emotions, the basic one that were behind everything that we were sharing with each other, that we realized that it just connects us like anything else. Sarah, I would love if you could Tell right now, everyone who's listening, a little bit about your background, like how you grew up, what was your family like, and what made you who you are right now? Yeah, thank you. I would love that too. And before we do that, I just want to remind you of how did we get to this topic, actually, is we, we started just talking, chatting, and then I told you like about one of the client stories that I had. You know, she was a previous client of mine, and then she shared with me on that day we met, she just writes me the most beautiful message ever and says, you know, I used to always have problems with the way I looked and with my self-image. And for the first time in my whole life, I could now see myself truly for who I am. And I have to thank you for it, you know, like for the space between us. And that beautiful share just got me present to what like how much is possible for women out there. And like the fact that we grow up in a very judgmental space of who we are and what we're up to. And it just takes away our true commitment in life. You know, it just like sweeps us away from our purpose and from our joy. And uh, yeah, this is how we got connected to talking about this topic actually. 
And regarding your question, like I am uh, of Egyptian origins. I've been here living in Germany for the last 11 years. I studied two degrees. I spent the like the first 30 years of my life almost just studying. <laughs> so I come from, um, yeah, like a, like a middle-class Egyptian family. And uh, my parents are first generation, like uh, bachelors. Um, yeah, like, how can I say, bachelor graduates, if you will. So like, they're the first generation who actually got educated. And so education is a big thing for a family. So um, my grandparents, they like they were brought up in really difficult circumstances. And they have left everything to the side, my grandparents, and like really suffered so much so that their kids could have a better future. And those are my parents. And uh, my parents are actually relatives, so they're connected. So it's really a one big family history. And inside of that, then I grew up and um, yeah, I'm basically the first one in my family who has higher education, like a PhD. And um, yeah, this is, uh, you know, education has just been like, has played such a major role in my life really and how I got like uh, grown up. So I, I'm here in Germany, like I came alone and at a very young age. And so like my adulthood is really in Germany. I consider myself like, a German, also an Egyptian, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's so interesting how you even share that, that depending on how even your parents grow up and how their parents grow up, you see so much how there is this certain, I don't even want to say trauma because it can be something that can be helping you, right? But so, some of these patterns that are already in the family and it's almost like this big value that is being inherited from one person to another. And obviously it was pushing your parents to go forward it was pushing you to go forward so it's not black and white it's not good or bad but it can potentially also be even something that's actually going to hold you back eventually um how was your relationship to you have to study and you have to work hard and you have to do this or that what, what were even these things that were set as truth like quote-unquote truths in your family did you feel that they maybe started influencing you in a way that it was no longer serving you that's such a great question you know like I think my parents really gave their all to us um because you know they they have worked through a lot of layers of you know hard work my 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 dad was living in Kuwait so I didn't get to see him so often in my life and this is all to support the family and to do the best mm. so basically what I feel is has always been going on is we got to work super hard to be somewhere and like when we be that place then life is gonna show up but the truth is it's like years and years and life never shows up because you're too exhausted of working so hard to be in that place now I remember you know when I was young I always just used to study and my mom tried to support me to do some sports or whatever but it was not the main theme of the household it was just like study and get the best grades and so I started just putting a lot of pressure in myself and um for all of my life really um at high school and like at middle school and all, all of that uh, part of my life I was really like being an A student sometimes I'd go to A plus but then I'd go to back to A and then this for me was 
really bad because it's not a hundred percent it's not a 99 percent mm -hmm. and so like I've really put a lot of pressure on myself throughout my life and you know part of this pressure obviously originated from my parents right because they're like if you don't have an A plus you don't have a great future to live into mm -hmm. and so this like strong attachment to outcome you know is 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 really what my life has been mostly about and I don't remember so much that I had great days growing up, especially in this period where I was in my, my adolescent years, you know, I was mostly just depressed. If you could read my diary back then, I'm talking like, oh my God, they're abusing me all the time, but they weren't. Yeah. It's just like, I had all of those feelings and I didn't go out, you know, I was just studying all the time. So all of this pressure has really just created this human being who's very committed but also very sad and not enjoying life and this now having said that this is like how most of the people from my background they end up in life you know it doesn't matter they could change countries they could change jobs but we sound to almost end up like at the same uh all of us right it's like this place where you're so attached to outcomes you're so angry and upset now it's yourself you know you didn't enjoy whatever and then you're like now what so this is really, yeah, how, how it has been like mostly growing up. Yeah. And was there a moment or like a period of time when you started becoming aware of that? You know, like, because there is something that when this is the pattern that it's almost like you're just like running it on autopilot in your body, right? You're not thinking about like, oh my God, like I'm so attached to this. <laughs> you don't have these types of thoughts. When did you first became aware of it and you could actually see it more objectively of like what's actually happening I have to say um like uh, women in my family play such a big role in that so like my grandma from my dad's side was had such a lot of like leadership potential that it actually she my my granddad who was her husband he was not he was a little bit sick so she actually took the whole family on and she made mm -hmm. sure that they're like really educated and everything and my mom um she's like since I was a little girl for whatever reason she got me connected to leadership like she was like ah you know those great people out there who make history and they make it with science and all of this and you know you want to be a doctor you want to contribute to humanity it's such like a, a beautiful purpose to live by and so ever since I was a little girl I had this I want to be a leader, you know, and there is this mm. even like, uh, I, I even wrote this in uh, in university, I put myself next to Gandhi and, you know, Marie Curie, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be like them, you know, <laughs> so it was really like, I was so obsessed with service mm. and I've noticed throughout my life, especially around those adolescence years, um, like, okay, I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself and I want to be more, I want to do more. I want to be more self-confident. I even have this in my diary. And then I would try the self-help advice and I would be like, okay, I'm gonna read more, you know, and like balance my day more. And then I would spend like five days doing that and then I would go back to the normal pattern. And now I'd be like, oh my God, what the hell is wrong with me? You know, like I'm not, why am I not elevating my life? And so I try to help myself by myself so much so that it just like broke me. And then I was like, okay, fine. I just consider 
focusing on study, doesn't matter, the self-confidence will come later. Because I was told that the more outcome you create in life, the more self-confident you would be. But actually, that's not really true. Because, you know, I even when I finished my PhD, I was like, I had so much space. I was healing from my past and I still could feel, okay, my self-confidence was not generated yet entirely you know even though I did so, so many amazing things mm. like how is it like that so yeah it's really this process I was aware of a very young age but I didn't know how to tackle it until I got into the coaching and then I discovered okay I cannot do the same like and just expect like a different result this is insanity you know so yeah yeah, yeah this is what happened this is so interesting and that's really why I love catching up with people in this way because I feel like we are most of us are just like are so stuck in what is reality for us that also it holds you back from being able to just observe your reality this is exactly why I love the coaching right because the fact that even sometimes just the fact that you need to speak speak yourself out to the coach to a mentor to somebody Already with that, you a lot of people manage to understand themselves, right? That's already the first step. Then obviously being asked good question from the coach, it helps you. Um, I feel like for that, you already have to have a certain level of self-awareness because a lot of people just speak so many things out and they don't realize how many spells they're putting on themselves. So obviously you already need to be on a certain level. But really, like I just find it so fascinating. And what we now even know or like from our previous conversation or maybe from anyone who has already joined the LinkedIn life is that you at this moment have a good relationship with your parents right even though a lot of people at this moment upon realizing this they could become bitter they could start blaming the parents and I honestly feel like a lot of people go through this and almost feels I don't want to put it out there as a paradigm like as it's a must but I feel like a lot of people go through the blaming period to then become like, again, get to the next level of awareness of like, oh, this is not what it's about. Like, I'm here to actually create my own reality. <laughs> and they have actually even helped me with that because it helped me become who I am right now. But what was this process like for you? Like when you then tapped into it, what, how, how did the dynamic change even in the family? Yeah, you know, I uh, completed my PhD. So actually during the PhD, I got like a burnout. I didn't notice. I wanted to do things my way because, you know, this is the only way that I've known how to do things. So I didn't notice so much the physical symptoms that I had, which is like I lost my ability to speak publicly. Mm. Like I would stand in front of a public audience and then words would not come out. Like right now I see words in my brain. I don't know. I trust it's coming. But before it was really at that moment, it was white. And then I didn't, I wasn't really aware, okay, there is something going on and I need to stop. So I didn't stop. And then this proceeded to a severe depression. And I was like, oh, oh that's great. Like I have already so much, you know, I, I, I did a joint PhD between two labs in two different continents. And I was given like really short contracts and nothing was stable in my life at the moment. And now I have a depression, like, oh, what a curse. You know, this like, really, I was really given that. And I started struggling in depression because part of me was like, I want to get better. But the other part was like, I don't know how. 
And so I started looking for help, right? And, um, you know, I went to one psychiatrist uh, here in Germany. I tried visiting a psychiatrist at home and uh, I stayed in the waiting queue for one and a half hours. And then I was like, oh, this is a joke, you know, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm not depressed, I'm fine, you know? <laughs> And, you know, I just like, I really looked everywhere for help. And um, there was one event where it was a women's workshop about career and career evolution and stuff. And this is where I met my coach. And this person has incredibly changed my life because prior to that, I knew I was going through something. I wanted help, but I knew also that I want to have empowering help. Not like something that is really like, you know, you something is wrong with you, let's fix you or whatever, which is what I got from the German psychiatrist, to be honest. Not like, of course, not all psychiatrists are like that, but this is the impression that I got when I first visited. And I'm like, so what are you saying? Like, how is this actually helping me moving forward? And yeah, inside of working with a coach, I really discovered this empowerment space. And one part I want to say here also is I told myself the truth, which was I need help and I need empowering help and I'm looking for it. And I think that decision has incredibly shaped like my healing and my growth experience. Because prior to that, I would tell my family, okay, I'm depressed. I don't feel well. And they would be like, you feel fine. I'm like, no, I don't feel fine, you know? And it's really like, very intense like the pain was very psychosomatic so I had like pain in my chest I'm like mom stop telling me that I feel fine you know I feel like I am bleeding and it's inside here and so deep and I will tell you and continue to tell you that until I actually get help and I feel better and when I feel better I will let you know you know like of course I want to feel better but like I think this was such a critical moment in my life because I stopped faking it. Yeah. I was faking it so much that I myself was not aware of myself anymore. I stopped feeling myself, you know, my passion and all of that, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm a person like whose currency is energy. So it's like when you don't have that, you're like, who's this person? I don't know her, you know? And so like really in, in telling the truth to myself, I created space to discover working with my coach. And when I worked with my coach, I was just getting it. Like all of this worry, all of this lack of self-confidence, all of this fear that I've been carrying on, inheriting from my parents and their parents. It's just like showing up in this committed person now. And now it's time to live a different life, you know? So I really took myself on inside the period of self-development and it was really development. It's not like I just got information. It's like I took off the things that were limiting me and I started enjoying my days, you know? And like, I met my coach six months after in another workshop and she's like, I cannot believe that you are the person that you were six months ago. Oh my God, you know? And that's it. And I, I, I finished my PhD and I was like, okay, now is the time when I actually enjoy my life. What is it that I want to do? I succeeded, you know, I went beyond measure. Like my family had this expectation of me and I honored this expectation because I wanted to give them, I wanted them to be proud, you know, they, they've done so much for us. And I remember the next day after my PhD, I got like a summa cum laude that is like the best German grade. And oh my God, I don't believe even that I got the best German grade in that PhD. Oh, it was so exhausting, you know? <laughs> 
and you know really and then my mom is like okay now when are you looking for jobs I'm like what what no I'm not looking for jobs what I'm just actually enjoying right now and I'm I want to really figure out and take the time to see how is it that I want to live my life so this was like a little bit before corona lockdown and in the lockdown I decided okay i love coaching and I love this experience and I want to give it to more people so let's just give it to more people and I like joined the coaching program I didn't have any resources but I was like I'm gonna get out of my way gonna be resourceful and like really start investing in myself and making this business and there was the second shock you know where my family was really like are you crazy no we don't approve of that yeah and this was really shocking because for the first time in my life, like literally outside of studying and education, all of that, I said, I want to do something for me. And then I just was faced with a wave of rejection. And this was like one. So in the beginning, I really rejected who rejected me, which was my parents, right? And even my dad stopped talking to me for five months. And inside of that period of rejection I was like he's wrong you know he's wrong you don't know he's just the one to play blame you know he doesn't respect me and my wishes and it's kind of right right like okay fine he didn't approve of me doing this particular uh, step in my life but I couldn't really like there was this anger and frustration that was there and a moment down this line I called my dad up because I just miss him so much. And there was one of this, which is another thing about coaching that's massively beautiful, that it, it takes you out of your own way, you know? So I showed up to this uh, training program and they were like, what are you committed to? And I was like, I'm committed to experiencing freedom in my life. And so they were like, okay, if you want to experience freedom, you got to actually get out of your own way, have an honest conversation with your dad and let him know what's inside of you. And so I called my dad up and it was such a beautifully moving moment because I just call him up, he cries, I cry, you know, and I just like let him know that I miss him so much and that I love him so much. And this was like a major opening in my relationship with my dad because I got that in my head, I'm interacting with him as this, you know, like, strong um angry person who's rejecting me but in my heart he's like showing up like my dad you know he's the person who brought me to life and so in this I had I saw like a gap between how I actually listened to him and who he is for me and then I started getting trained on how to listen to my dad from his commitment that is you know like he's speaking he wants me to get somewhere, but I didn't understand and I didn't understand his communication or get it. And then the more I had conversations with him, honestly, the more I discovered, okay, there are wounds in my relationship with my dad that caused me to listen to him like this bully, angry man, you know? And those wounds are the ones that control how I listen to his communication. So I wasn't actually listening. And then when I got, okay, this is like my interpretation of what happened in the past, but really this human being, he's so committed to me 
growing and developing and getting the best opportunities and oh my god he objected me doing the business because he wanted me to have like a great you know easy life where I could have a boring stable job but just like feel secure and you know so it's like he has his vision it's not that he hates me or that he objects me it's more like he sees things a different way and then the more I got that, the more I created space for us to, you know, for me to forgive him. And then he also was just like, okay, so, so she's not this ungrateful girl, you know? <laughs> and so the block was really from both sides. Hmm. And so the more I trained myself to listen to my dad, the more my dad showed up to me as this huge committed person who has my back. And now, you know, he's like asking me, how can I support you in doing what you're doing? And he like, he's really, he wants me to be happy and you could hear that, you know, and he's so proud and it's just like amazing. Yeah. So this is how it went. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. You really, it's always, you know, interesting when you look at, look back and you can, you manage to reflect on the whole journey, you see the ups and downs, but yeah. that doesn't take away from the fact when you're on the journey in the moment, it can feel so hard. And it's really whether it's the part of the depression of finally getting out of it and you then feel the rejection. It is it is a journey, but it's just it's something that I don't even know how to really put it out there that it's really this intense feeling I'm feeling right now. Settling for something because you want to please somebody because you're afraid of something is just not going to make you happy. And there's something that I've discovered that when you already gain a desire, my belief is that the fact that I gained a desire means that I can have it. There's, it's a possibility for me. If I couldn't have it, I would never desire it in the first place. So it's just something, you know, that I really believe that's one of part of the ways how the universe works. Mm. And I also believe that the moment when you turn your back to the desire and you decide not to follow it, whether it is from fear from wanting to please somebody else, wanting to feel accepted, deep down, you will not be able to accept yourself fully. Yeah. It's a hard learned lesson. <laughs> exactly. And I, I, you know, we, we talked about this before, so that's why I know. But like, um, you told me that you have a very similar story, even though you have an entirely different, you know, motive for it and background. Yeah. Do you want to share it with us like a little bit more? How was it for you? It's... It's so interesting. And that's where I really felt like we connected as like a person to person. Because what you say, like our backgrounds are completely different. So a little bit of a background, maybe even for somebody who will be only listening to this. Um, I'm a white girl <laughs> from Central Europe. <laughs> Grew up in Czech Republic, lived there most of my life. And there was actually a moment, and I feel like this part I didn't tell you, but it was something that influenced my life so much. Mm. My mom, she had a vision for me and my sister. And me and my sister, we were completely different. And it was the same thing as you said with your parents, right? The stuff that they couldn't have, they really wanted from, from us. My parents grew up in completely different backgrounds as well. My dad comes from a Catholic uh, family. My mom comes from more of a communist family. So already two things that don't really go well together. And even the families itself never really accepted each other. And it's something that then, of course, the kids feel it like I couldn't get it. And I'm only realizing these things now. But as a kid, especially I was very 
um, I don't want to say emotional. I was very sensitive kid. Comparing to my sister, we were different. She was exactly this performer. I'm going to be the best at school. And I was somewhere else. My mind was in a different universe. Like I cannot really even explain it. Like even I remember my parents were always saying that I have like healing hands. That when I put hands on them, like their back stopped hurting. And I stopped that now like looking back and I'm like, who was this kid? But it's very interesting because obviously we were getting the same education with my sister, the same parents, and yet we could not be more different. So it also shows you really how it's just not only about your genetics and about how you're brought up. Like it's just you have this certain soul inside of you that desires certain things and you need to decide to reconnect with your soul because most for most of us, it's beaten out of us, whether it's physically or mentally. <laughs> and you really need to reconnect back to yourself to understand what you really want and it was very interesting because I actually grew up really shy really ashamed of myself really basically the opposite of confident like I I will not forget it we were on holidays with my parents I think I asked for ice cream or pancake whatever it was and I remember my mom was always like pushing us so she was like go get ask for it for yourself I will, it's so weird because I see it kind of like as a third person, I see the little Marqueta <laughs> there who is trying to get in the line, but I felt so ashamed to ask for, again, ice cream, crepe, whatever it was, that I just started crying and I just left. And that is the person who I actually was growing up to be. But there was this one moment where, again, my mom pushed me to do something where this whole time before I hated it and suddenly it has broke, something in me broke in a good way. And it has shifted my life forever. I was 16 and she was always finding like little loopholes. And because we are part of the European Union and my mom was learning a lot German when she was growing up, she always was pushing up to learn German. And she found some program that was supported by the EU about for people from all around Europe who can come like young people I think it was from 15 to 25 so quite a quite a spectrum of people who would come and learn about each other and learn about where they come from it was so interesting it was I think it was people from like 14 countries of Europe which is super interesting right you're already at this age you get this exposure so really like I'm so grateful for that because that was something that shifted my realization about myself. Um, the day before I was supposed to go there, I was still, sorry, <laughs> I was still not getting any information about how we are supposed to get there and so on. And then my dad, who doesn't speak a lot of uh, English, he was like, just give me the phone, I'm going to call them. When I felt his courage about just, you know, calling there in language that he barely speaks, I then just took the phone away from him. It really empowered me, you know, seeing him doing that. And we realized that they just didn't have my registration. So I was supposed to go there the day after. And they were like, you know what? But come anyway. Like, we have the space for you. We just didn't know that you're coming. So come anyway. And with that, what happened was that I didn't get any of the information that everyone else coming up there had. I didn't know I was supposed to have prepared something about my country. Any of these things. Everyone was prepared. And I had to be doing everything on the spot. Plus, I was the only Czech person there. And that made me realize the fact that 
if I don't want to sit here in the corner alone by myself the whole time, being in a comfort of other Czech people, I have to speak. I have to talk to people. I have to do something. And something beautiful happened. It's just crazy right now. I'm 29. Looking back, and I remember so vividly the, re the realization I had when I was 16. I can choose who I'm going to be. And that really has changed my life. I decided, oh, I'm going to be joining the German speaking part. I'm going to be joining the English speaking part. And I am going to be friends with this Romanian chick, with this Belgian guy, with this French girl. And I really gained a lot of friends from this moment. And I shifted who I was as a person. What happened since then is that every summer when I had the possibility, I wanted to travel. I wanted to travel by myself. Actually, that shifted something in me. I never, ever again wanted to travel with somebody else because I realized wherever I go, I can decide who I'm going to be. And then slowly I started embodying that, whoever I wanted to be, even in my life. So suddenly it didn't have to be only in an escape when I'm going somewhere, but it was a fact of like, oh, I was leaving elementary school because we have nine years of elementary school in Czech Republic. I was going to high school. I'm going to decide who I'm, the person I'm going to be there. Then oh, it was brought to everywhere else. And of course, even like when starting my business, who am I going to be as a business owner? How do I show up? How do I show, uh, show up in this new job? How do I show up in this new relationship, right? Just before we started recording, I was telling you about how I got to know each other with my boyfriend. Yeah. I decided the person I'm going to be entering that relationship. And it's not fake it till you make it. It's embodying the next level version of yourself. Because you know that you are that person deep down. And so even though this is probably not the story you ask me, it was something that really has shaped my life. But it doesn't mean that because I got this realization at 16 that it was a smooth sailing from then, right? Um, you are still influenced so much by the way how you grow up. Uh, I kind of call it the default setting of your life right is the is the time when you're you're not making the decision for yourself you don't make the decision about where you live the type of friends you're gonna have to a certain degree yes but it's still influenced by the school you go to it's influenced by the neighborhood you live in you are not fully making decisions for yourself and so i call it really like friends by default etc etc mm -hmm. and now looking back I would have navigated so much of my life differently um, even the way how I would show up in these friendships by default right I would have done it so differently looking back but it's just part of life right and through through all of this I actually had a completely different experience with uh, studying than you did I couldn't wait to get out I so much just wanted to live by myself I was really desiring freedom and just being able to do whatever the hell I want. Of course, this was a lot of naivety speaking and it was a lot of anger speaking, not really the desire for freedom, but just a desire for escape. Um, and so what I did after I finished my bachelor, because my agreement with my parents was because I wanted to drop out so hard um, that then we made an agreement. Okay, I'm going to finish the bachelor. After bachelor, you can tell me nothing. I'm out. They were just super happy that I actually decided to finish school. So they said yes, even though they, of course, broke it after. And they're like, do you maybe want to be at an agreement? <laughs> so, so funny looking back. But afterwards, I have actually decided to move to Germany. Uh, 
funny enough, right now you're in Berlin. I was in Berlin for my Erasmus for a student exchange. But then I decided to move to Munich. And that was already the beginning of me coming back to not listening to myself. Because I have visited Munich a few times before. And something energetically about the city, I don't want to talk badly about the city itself, but I was really not aligned with that place. Like I was really not feeling good being there. And it's so interesting. I don't know if you're into this, but I have a few, few years back, I have discovered something called astrocartography, which mm -hmm. is so interesting. It's basically how we know all astrology, right? And astrology is extremely complex um, and it's all based on physics. But basically, the moment when you're born, obviously, the planets are in certain places. And it also influences generally what places fit you and what don't fit you. Mm -hmm. And for example, later on, I found out that basically the place where I live right now, for anyone who doesn't know, I moved to Portugal. The, this is the location where Jupiter was when I was born. And oh, this is so absolutely good. insane. Yeah. And Jupiter is a planet that is holding the spirit and the energy of abundance of growth and whether it is like financial abundance whether it is abundance of opportunities and it's just so interesting that I was drawn to this place and I didn't know about it back then so it was just yeah mind-blowing to me but actually for me even the places like Czech Republic and Germany they are in my um where my moon where, where the moon was when I was born which is often the place where you are living a lot of like emotional stuff, a lot of even dark stuff and where you can be living a lot of your like karma, which is so interesting now looking back because I always felt kind of depressed in this place, you know? Again, the same as I said, like French is by default. I felt like I'm depressed and down by default. Mm -hmm. Just felt like it was so difficult to, to, to live, just to exist, feel difficult. Mm. And mm. especially because this is something that even now to this day, I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't understand all of these things because I don't have a lot of memories from my childhood. And the death, I mean, basically almost nothing. I just had this very feeling of grief, feeling of darkness. And I cannot point to anything. I cannot tell you there was an abuse, there was this, because I literally have almost zero memories. And the mm. few memories I have are like, I'm very vivid when I told you like this moment of going to grab ice cream that I remember. Mm. But it's really like, I feel like I could almost count those memories on, my, on, the, on the figures of my hand. Mm. So it's very interesting. And when I went to Munich, I wasn't listening to myself that I really don't feel good in this place. And I fell in depression. And it's interesting you say that you were feeling like you're bleeding inside. My feeling of depression was complete emptiness mm. I literally felt nothing like it's even now looking back just thinking of it remembering myself remembering how I felt I was back then just after university I was like I want to get a damn job <laughs> I don't want to be using my brain I'm, I'm finished with this and I decided to work in a cafe funny enough I directly became manager of the cafe so I had to be using my brain <laughs> But it was actually, I, then I realized how much it was a bullshit. I didn't want to be using my brain. I love using my brain. So it was good. I was thinking like, how can I gain the profit of the cafe? What can I do? I right away started baking. Um, <laughs> my trick was started baking muffins when people were coming back from lunch and wanted to get a cafe. They'd smell it because it was smelling everywhere. <laughs> the profits grew. 
but yeah, no, it's, I was having fun in my work in this way, right? I was surrounded by people. It was bringing me energy. And the moment I would get home, I will really not forget it. I would just sit on a couch, completely empty. And even with no emotions inside, I was just crying. And it felt unstoppable. And then a moment came where I just suddenly said to my boyfriend at the time, I have to go to Kenya. I don't know what came, what, what happened. I don't know what happened. Just something came to me. He said, go to Kenya. <laughs> I found a program. I went to Kenya for two months. And I'm going to say very, very long story short because I'm already talking for so long. But there was a moment that probably was the one that you were referring to when I was traveling. A lot of unfortunate things happened in that one, two days. But basically, just really one bad thing was leading after another. I had no cash. One of my card was blocked. The other one, my reserve card was eaten by the ATM. And I ended up escaping potentially a rape. I don't know actually if I told you this part. Um, it was a very dangerous situation. And because it was just the only way how to escape, I ended up being in a place where it was a car, illegal car, <laughs> that was bringing a newspaper from one side of Tanzania to another And I actually don't think that I was in danger in this moment. I feel like it was actually absolutely fine. Um, but I was still in a place where it was like 3 a.m. in the morning. I was in a car with anyone that I knew, completely random people for me in the middle of the night. And my phone was dying. And the main point was nobody knew where I was. And that was a realization that I that gave me a little bit of rush, made me feel good made me feel not good, made me feel alive. And that was my biggest aha moment. The fact that because I'm not listening to my intuition, starting from what I want to study, where I want to live, because this is not the moment of what happened in these one month, two months, two days. This was the continuous of my intuition tells me something and I turn around and I go the other direction just because why not? Of course, like why would I be listening to my intuition, right? What, what, I, what I'm being taught. And these moments are leading me to a situation where I realize, ah, so I'm in a place right now that the only way how I'm going to feel alive is, is if I'm going to feel like my life is being threatened, there is a problem. And this was the biggest wake up call for me. Like when I, I finally came back to Kenya, I was loving Kenya to this day. I'm just feeling so connected to the country. Um, I came back to Germany, packed my shit. I left. <laughs> for a moment like two months I was living at my parents place to just figure my stuff out move back to Prague starting a new life basically now I'm extremely happy living in Portugal <laughs> but it was a journey and yeah. also I feel like the journey doesn't end because you're continuously going to be realizing new realizations which will always make you realize like oh do I feel worthy of that having that I don't why How do I overcome that? How do I grow into, the, again, the next level version of myself? And even now, actually, the fact that you even make me tell this story, I'm like, holy smokes, what happened? You know, like, I cannot even, I don't feel like I'm talking about myself. Like, who was that person? You know, it's, it's insane. Yeah. yeah. Yet, I'm so grateful for that, right? Like I'm also grateful that I was safe and everything, like nothing really happened at the end. 
even though some moments were really like borderline, like could be very traumatic. Um, but it's it's insane. And in a way, it's I'm grateful for it now looking back, but also realizing there are so many ways how all of this could not happen. And of course, it made me who I am right now, but it also one big realization I had that even though I can be grateful for some bad stuff that happened in the past because they made me who I am, it doesn't mean that I can only become a good person and better version of who I am right now if I'm going to keep going through traumatic events. I don't know how about you. For me, this was a huge thing when I realized it, that it can actually be done in a calm, good way. That yeah. I, don't, I don't have to break down to, to be reborn. Absolutely. Look, I, I thank you so much for sharing that. And I wanted that we actually talk because it's like a, it's like a spectrum where you are and where I am, you know, in, inside of how did we start our lives? Now, there are a few things that I wanted to say out of this, which is um, and this is really like we're we're telling those stories so that people get informed. They start becoming aware. They start looking for help if they need it, you know and actually just take themselves on and live a great life because both of us this is exactly what we're committed to you know at the heart of hearts so you know I have to say that before I had this deep pain in my heart there was those years where I was numb too so I it looks like there is like a, a graduation of feelings you know because one thing I'm realizing out of working with a lot of women is that we grow up suppressing our feelings our anger our sadness whatever so it's like you're a pressure pot you know you're just boiling with a lot of emotions you learn how to self-regulate but in a really deregulated way so it's like I remember when I was five and my parents were fighting a lot a lot and there was a lot of sadness and I would just like look at this and just shut up because I was too scared and nobody just came and calmed me down like it will be fine. So then at the end, I realized that I was taking everybody's emotions so that they themselves feel okay. You know, and this numbness, I think it's just like, okay, when so many bad things start happening and you totally lose control and direction, you're like, okay, you just step away from yourself and you do dissociate from life's events that are happening. And I think the progression of that, if you keep pushing, is that this severe pain starts happening. So it's really like we're talking about this to inform women and generally people out there, you know, of course, men go through the same, but like they they suppress for longer, I guess, because it depends on the culture, you know, they're not used to expressing emotions, which is like another whole new level of sadness and anger that is just hidden deep inside. But the point of the conversation is, you know, you just want to get that if you are in such a numb space or such a space where you're feeling a lot of pain, like just like really my invitation is or our invitation is out of like saying the stories is for you to just ask for help you don't have to go back to you know like uh, doing crazy things or having crazy big realizations that could sometimes be potentially dangerous because your body is just pushing itself so much to the extreme that it's like throws itself into danger more and more so that you can stop being numb you know, this is like your body was reacting to the numbness and it doesn't have to be this way. And, you know, I 
I'm now having the pleasure um, to finally be listening to like German movies and like watching things in the culture and stuff. And it's not, I used to think it's just an expat problem, but actually it isn't. You know, it's just like a part of our human experience and a part of the things that we have inherited out of doing life a certain way. And the point is, it doesn't have to continue being like that. And, you know, it's good to have a realization. Like my realization was, um, I was in this workshop, in this career workshop, and we got asked if you, like, if this is the best year of your life, how do you wanna, what do you wanna have? And I closed my eyes and for the first time in two years, I could see myself doing, like having the paper, graduating with honors, with highest honors, you know, I could see myself. And it's so funny because back in this moment, it was 2019, so right before the lockdown, and I saw myself elevated. I didn't know what that means. I didn't know that I would be a business owner, but I just really experienced that. And this moment is what drove me to where I am today. You know, so it's like, I was so hungry to get out of that like entrapment space that I was feeling in and the honor of contributing to people's lives and getting so many success stories of people actually living a great life, which is what we're up to as business owners, right? In this field, it's just like, it fills my heart with such immense gratitude. Oh my God, like that we have like made this journey so far and we continue to grow and develop that we become a space like through which people grow and develop also. It's such an honor. It really is, you know, it's, it's, it's such a contribution to humanity. I'm so proud always, you know, I'm very grateful. And um, I, I remember the first thing that I said to my mom when I got accepted to the University of Heidelberg and I knew I was traveling, I was like, woman, freedom, I'm going to be free. Oh my God, I was just saying it to her, you know, it doesn't rhyme in English, but in Arabic it does. <laughs> And can you please was, tell us for uh, for us in Arabic so that we can feel it? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, like it rhymes. And then like, yeah, it, I was like, okay, I'm going to be in Germany and nobody's going to control me or my time or whatever. And look, Marketa, like I spent eight years in Germany lockdown in the lab like really I mean I was I'm so happy and like you know that I was committed to the work but still I managed to create another young Sarah who's studying for the hundred percent like one <laughs> this is not the plan yeah you know and so I, I I realized that like as we got parented like you know where parents were parenting us as young kids we like received certain programs mm -hmm. and certain ways of doing things. And then it doesn't matter if you change countries or not, but actually you start, you, you know, you continue doing the same, even mm -hmm. though you change the country and you're committed to a better life, you obviously continue to doing the same. And it's really the process of breaking those patterns and having somebody listen to you as a commitment that is like, okay, what am I up to in life? Like, and this is one of the biggest challenges that I have growing this business in Germany. Look, it took me like finally recently, I have a residence permit in Germany for three years. I've been here 11 years. 
Yeah, and the biggest residence permit that I had, or the longest, was one year. And it was two years since I started the business. And I was like on emails, short emails, you know, or something that's called Fixion Beshining Ong, that's like a temporary residence permit. And the moment that I like got this appointment to get this residence permit, and I got it for three years. And not only did I get it for three years, I had like the the country had would have like I don't know how to say it in English like they would they hired some people to look into my file my case specifically and see if I'm eligible to stay in Germany as a coach and they actually approved of that and that is like one of the richest moments of my life because it's like I have a choice mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be people's way you know which I respect a lot and I you know I I honor but it's just like, I have a choice and it's like my choice. Mm. And oh my God, I'm so fulfilled that I could be this person amongst so many other people and holding the hope and the like, you know, the space for other people to say, guys, let's have you have a great life. Instead of just doing things like the same old way, let's just elevate. And collectively when we elevate, it's just gonna be better for everybody. You know, so yeah, this is uh, yeah. yeah. This gets really deep. You know it. Like we connected a few times by now. We always get into topics like that, and it doesn't stop amazingly because I feel like just the two of us, we are such just typical reflection of we can have a completely different life. Yet somehow the path brings us to a similar place, and we are feeling similar emotions. Like, yeah, and it brings us back to. You're just a human. Come on. Like anyone who thinks that their case is so special, I'm sorry, you're not that special. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we are in this together. And at the end, we need to, it's what you said. I love what you uh, what you said that we need to learn how to self-regulate, but actually in the right way, right? Like how to self-regulate our emotion, how to being able to express ourselves and also understand why we feel all of these ways. And uh, that's why I feel like right now what, where it brings us to is because of these conversations that we have had, we have decided with Sarah actually to collaborate on something, right? You might right now be listening and you might be thinking of like, oh, I resonate more with Sarah. I resonate with Marketa. I resonate with a little bit of both of you, <laughs> it's, uh, depending on the topics. And we decided to create a new space that will really be for solely for women. We really want this to be a safe space for women. Um, and we're planning to create something like an, let's say, online retreat. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be inviting also other women who would be sharing their experiences on a variety of topics. It's going to be all in a very holistic way to be able to help you grow you as a woman in who you are, in your authentic self, in your leadership skills. And we're going to be going through very mindset and science-based stuff to energetics embodiment creating your next vision to female health which is extremely important to movement and really creating a new holistic image of yourself to be able to give you that upgrade yeah absolutely i'm so honored to be contributing to that and i'm really looking forward to the space that we will create together and you know one thing that you just said so beautifully and i couldn't have said it any better is it starts with an image of where is it that we want to go and inside of this event 
our intention is that each woman comes to experience what's this new image of her for herself in her life, you know, and uh, together we can collaborate on a future where it's possible, it can be done and I can do it. Exactly. And if if we hold that vision, it's just like so many of us will step into it and like, we're just going to create a better future. Yes. That's what it takes. Yes. I'm so excited <laughs> for this. We really want this space to be inviting for any woman from any walks of lives already from this you can see sarah and i we have completely different life experience here we can resonate and connect with each other so deeply and we really want and we really hope that you can feel this um and the same is what we want for the event we just started planning it so we don't have the details yet but please stay tuned for that um it's probably going to be taking a whole day because we have quite a few sessions that we want to fill up there we with Sarah we would both have a each session by ourselves but we're going to have a few more guests on the topic that I was that I was mentioning before so we will be sharing all the details the date the all the guests you will not ever you will know everybody who will be taking um there who will be taking space there to be able to share and really even our intention is to really make it very diverse and inclusive so everyone feels like they have somebody to really fully connect there with because I know that especially um no not especially generally I feel like it's very important that we feel being like we are being represented the same way as this is purely for women I also really want this to be for every woman that can come and join this space absolutely yeah and men don't be upset you know we're gonna have something a little bit later but first we like do it with women and then we see what because you know I think it's like balancing this feminine and masculine energy inside of every human being is really the work to be done collectively as nations you know and so I think when we say we start with women it's because like we connect to the space most right now and I believe that the more women could be balanced, the more they're able to lift, you know, their partners and like their families and grow up. So yeah, stay tuned also. Let's see how we create this, you know, one step at a time. Exactly. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Uh, I'm going to get this podcast out by the next week, Sarah, so that we really Amazing. start talking about this as soon as possible. And uh, while we are behind the scenes working on all of this, uh, please make sure to follow Sarah and I on LinkedIn because we're definitely going to be teasing it there a little bit and then sharing um, the event and the information as soon as we have more details for you. I'm going to link both of our profiles below. So please make sure to go check it out. And if also in the meantime, you just want to say hi to uh, either of us, just please, please feel free to do so. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me to the podcast. It's really such a pleasure. And, you know, I think that's just my final message to everybody out there is just, you know, if you get committed to building a great life, it doesn't matter how it looks like, which job, even if you've had the craziest experiences in life, it's never too late to actually have, give yourself the permission to have a realization and just like, go do the work you can. There are so many resources out there. That's why I love, like, you know, I'm so grateful that I'm in Germany. Like this country provides a lot of resources and it's still in the creation, you know, like, okay, they really put a lot of effort to support expats, but like something is missing. So let's really work to upgrade that and level that up so that 
everybody is a contribution to the space that they're living in and collectively to us as human beings. So thank you so much for inviting me. It's yeah, I love what you said. And I'm just going to add one last thing to it. It's, you know, we always have these like worst case scenario in our head. And even especially when you said no matter what you have been through, that's the thing. We can all think of all the other tragedy that could happen from where we are right now. Right? It can always be worse, right? But how about we flip the script and we just say, what if it wasn't? What if it was just getting better? What if I had everything that I wanted? What if I had a career I was desiring? What if I had that partner that I really desired to have? What if my life was this way? Right. And I feel like even when we just keep going with this, what if, what if, what if, and we just keep pushing it a little bit already with this, you will manage to change your emotional stage because the probabilities of both going wrong or right are the same. But we are just inclined to be led by these Murphy laws of nothing ever works out for me and I always get the tragedy. So just flip it. Like even if you at the beginning might feel like it's ridiculous, even if you just call it, what if? What, what if it all was working out for me, right? What would be that version of you living that life? Just think about it. And maybe it's going to change something in you the same way as back then, Sarah, you said on the workshop when they said, what if this was your best year? What if? Yeah. And you know, so since you said that, I have one more thing to say. Because <laughs> I promised to 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 give some, like to give the attendees something practical to work on. So yesterday I was talking to a person who is, having like a crisis in their business at the moment. And he keeps saying, it's really, you said like, we're inclined to believe more towards the negative side, even though they're equally possible. I actually believe that the negative is not equally as possible as the positive. See, it always works out. You know, it's like you were in Tanzania or wherever and it worked out for you. So even like in the darkest spots, it actually works out, you know, and that's what I believe, like, okay, I'm, I come from a religious background, but it doesn't have to be religious, like, mm -hmm. you're taken care of, like, you're here in life, you're taken care of, okay, and I, I just, like, started listening to the person yesterday, and I discovered, like, I, but I was very open in our conversations, not having, like, a scenario in my head where I need to lead him or whatever, but I discovered that there is, there is this thought at the back of his mind that when the business fails, he'd have to go work in McDonald's and like, you know, wash dishes. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're here in this country for 20 years. You're such a great human being. You're very representable, you know, like you're very respectful. Like a lot of things would hire you, a lot of places. And it will not be this way that you're thinking. And just in that conversation, I think it created such a huge opening for him because he finally discovered the thought that is just like very deep inside that is like taking him into that sp a space of fear and really dominating, you know, this fear dominating his space. So my invitation is allow yourself to ask what's the worst thing I'm scared of and the worst thing I'm scared of and the worst thing and really give yourself opening, you know, like just ask this question seven times. And you will find the craziest things, I promise. And now that your challenge is to challenge that this is not real. Like I was doing a money seminar a few months ago and the person asked, what happens if you wake up one day and you're without money at all? And I was shocked with the answer because I was like, I will go back to where my parents lived, mm -hmm. which is a place that I've never lived, but it's a very poor area. I'm like, what is that? Where is that coming from? it was so fearful where I was oh my god you know mm -hmm. and so 
there is a lot of power when we discover the thought that guides all of this fear and just like look at it and ask, does it, this have to be real? Now, what are the measures that I could do in life that make sure that I never hit that thought? And then you go to work on it. And there you go. You have an opening. So I, I just wanted it. to add that. And thank you for, yeah. <laughs> thank you for giving me this space. Of course, of course. And I feel like this is such a beautiful uh, yeah. note to end on. Really, what if it was your possibility, just right, just to do something else? I really hope that this podcast episode was useful. And I, if you did find value in it, please let us know. It just really means a lot. Um, even with this podcast, I'm just starting. So any likes, any follows, any five-star rating. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing. This is my what if, right? Like it's, we are just still kind of like evolving in this business and figuring stuff out as we go uh, with no support of an employer or somebody else. So this is my what if. Sarah, I believe this is your body as well. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah. Absolutely. and if you guys are enjoying this conversation, you want to take it further, uh, we will be looking forward to see you in our online retreat. <laughs> and please stay tuned for more information. Yeah, thank you so much. Have a beautiful day, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>